Hi, welcome to John and Ann's Wrestling Podcast. My name's Ann, and in just a few moments, you'll be hearing from my boyfriend, John, as he tells me about what happened in wrestling this week. This is the one-hour week. He's allowed to tell me about that, so we'll probably learn a lot together. I need you to stop watching TikToks and start um, the podcast, please. We have switched bodies. That's not or, true. We're both addicted to TikTok now. It's just I'm being yeah, more I got, mature than I you. I went super viral. I got 36 likes. What's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle? I mean, your TikTok uh, handle. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. It's at John Sartori Zero. Whoa. Right? So you didn't get John Sartori, but I did you better. got John Sartori Zero. Because this John Sartori is a zero. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Um that's cool. Yeah, it's super viral for me because uh, the only other I've, this is my third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten less than ten, sometimes very less than ten <laughs> likes on any uh, previous ones. And this one, I think I figured out the audio situation. I think that's why the first oh, two yeah. didn't have good audio. That helps. And uh, this one, I made sure I I forgot to do captions on the other two as well. Oh yeah, captions really help because a lot of people, you know, they look at the phone uh, mm-hmm. on the toilet at work. Yep. So they can't have the audio on. Oh, it's great. People, when they post their like stand-up videos and stuff on uh, Instagram, it's like I'm like mm-hmm. 99% more likely to watch any of it if they put captions on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just makes everything easier. It does. Anyway, this episode we wanted to talk about, because uh, this episode is airing while I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's going to be in Los Angeles. I've gone away. I've left John. And yeah, it's pretty far from Chicago. Yeah, it's pretty far from Chicago where we live. Where we're, we're, um, we're pretty sure we live. We don't live in Chicago. In case you didn't listen to the what? last episode, I just don't want people to think that. Um, because oh. I'll get a lot of phone calls. Um, people. <laughs> yeah, they do be, have your number. People will be really upset. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna be in Los Angeles, so we're pre-taping for this Vulture episode. Fest Evol. For Vulture Fest Evol, where you can't go. Because this is airing when it's over. so Oh, yeah, that's true. It doesn't matter that I told you all about it. That's true. That's a very good point. Um, but in the meantime, since you're not at Vulture Festival, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to do an episode here while Anna's in Los Angeles. Uh, and we figured because it can't really be that topical, let's do it about something that's only sort of Should topical. Should we not have told people that that's what's happening? Have we like violated our own kayfabe by not pretending this is live? I think we're just violating kayfabe by talking about kayfabe. Oh, okay. Well, continue. We can. I think it's fine. I mean, they're going to know something's up. Uh, yeah. I think like, what well, John's too. usually on that's to the, the news. He's got the most topical guy yeah, I know. That's the thing. Is like, I just don't want to lie to our audience because I think you guys are smart. We could literally personally our- call every member of our audience yeah and tell them what's going on that's how i know our audience is smart yeah because we you know? li- we know some places they know it's like they say know your audience we know our audience we know them we so personally we know, know them we could never pull one over on you so yeah that's why this intro is just a bunch of us apologizing uh for not having us be well we're regular old yeah that's fine <laughs> Uh, but it's it's fine. It'll be but, fine. But what are we talking about? We're talking about something that happened in the 90s? We're talking about something that happened in 1997. Which that was just... a bad year for me. I didn't like 1997. 1997. What 
the F was going on with me in 97. I think I had an N64. That was probably the main thing I was doing, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, my mom had cancer. So. Woof. Uh, She's fine now. Okay, good. That's good. But that's what was happening for me in 1997. So forgive me for not loving that for year. For not having seen Survivor Series that year. <laughs> um, no. Your mom was a survivor. So yeah. That's good. Yeah, I saw her series of surviving. It's still going. It's still going. It's still on. She's got 20 years or whatever now, 25 years. Oh, I thought you were saying left. I was like, well, geez. No, I mean, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, that's great. Uh, let's move on to yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh Well, I'm sorry that 97 sucks for you. It also was a weird year for wrestling and for Brett the Hitman Hart because... Uh, November 9th, 1997, which is right around when we were recording this, um, the 1997 Survivor Series mm-hmm. pay-per-view. Oh. Uh, and the main thing, I don't know, I don't think I've watched this entire pay-per-view, and I don't know that it was a good pay-per-view. You haven't watched it? Uh, well, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't have, I hadn't, I haven't seen this Oh, one. no, 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 you gotta explain yourself. You gotta explain yourself. How have you not? You've watched every single wrestling video that exists in well, the world. Well, I have not seen every single... I was actually trying to work my way through every WWF slash WWE pay-per-view for a couple of years, and I still sort of am, but I didn't... I So I wasn't really watching wrestling religiously at the time. Mm-hmm. I was sort of pre... Like, I watched it a little bit when I was a kid, um, and then I I didn't... I don't know. I just didn't stick with it until about 1998 or nine. And then oh. in about like 98, I started like seeing it on TV sometimes or like seeing the pay-per-views that were on sometimes as we had, mm-hmm. we had like, you know, a cable box, like a, like a illegal cable box situation. <laughs> uh, and it was, uh, and so Please we got, don't tell the police that uh, 25 years ago, John's parents had stolen cable. Yeah, uh, please don't. Those pay-per-views, oh man, we owe so much money. Uh, but they, um, so I could see, you know, I didn't have to like buy the pay-per-views. I could see them mm-hmm. uh, if they were on. And I sort of slowly did it. Because also, way back then, uh, like, you had like TV guides and stuff and there was the preview channel, which would literally just scroll through Mm-hmm. It was a channel that would scroll through what was ha- what was coming on, and you would just have to catch it. Yeah, when I and it was those. only and it was only like an hour and a half block or a two hour block that it would show. Mm-hmm. So, if you weren't like aware of when something was on, you just kind of had to catch it and then try to remember. Yeah. So for Monday Night Raw, I a had to remember it was on Mondays because I sort of couldn't remember that's when it was. Was and it then not I had in remember- the name at the time? It was Raw is War. Oh, okay. That's what it was called. And then I couldn't also remember like what time it was. I didn't know what time it started. And it was 9 to 11, 9 p.m. to 11 a.m. Or to 11 p.m. 9, 9 p.m. to 11 a.m. It was all night. Uh, <laughs> and I just couldn't catch it. Yeah, you know, I couldn't figure out. Um, but it was a situation where you couldn't really pick up on it. Or it was hard to, you know, find... Um, that's interesting because yeah. I forgot that like when we were kids, that's what it was like with TV. Yeah. You had to know when things were on. Cause, and you had to be there to catch it. Yeah. Like you had to know Dawson's Creek was on Wednesday nights. And who didn't? You just had to know that. Yeah. 
and if you missed also it was like i'm such a like weird spoiler guy now i'm like so worried about spoilers and i'm such a completionist it's like if i want to watch something that's even remotely related to something else i'm like Mm -hmm. i gotta watch seven seasons of this other thing first uh and back then it was just like yeah i liked watching buffy but i could you know if i missed it I just missed it and I would just have to like not watch the rest of like I would not watch that episode for years maybe. Yeah. Uh, if it didn't get rerun and also you would just like jump around like you would miss whole seasons of shows and then jump back in or just catch something when you could. Yeah. Um, God. And now I'm so spoiled. Yeah, I know. It's hard, to even, it's hard to even recall what that was like at all. I right? feel like that's how I interacted with the show Third Rock from the Sun. Mm, yeah. I, who didn't? Uh, yeah. Like I saw... I've never seen all of it probably because, but this is the thing. I feel like Friends and Seinfeld, the reason I've seen every single episode is just because they replayed them endlessly Yes, on cable. Simpsons as well was, that was yeah. for me. So it's just, it's like it's always been on throughout my life. But with a sitcom like Third Rock from the Sun, it was not syndicated to hell like that. So I really had not interacted with it since those days of yore when it yes. was like you just saw stuff when it was on. Yeah. And so looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember like every third episode of the show. (laughs) And who could who could tell you even then when Third Rock from the Sun was on? Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty popular show. Yeah. For a couple seasons. My mom remembered it. If anybody listening can tell us what without looking it up, what day and time Third Rock from the Sun was on and bonus (sighs) points, what channel? Oh, I can tell you. You know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because you remember it or because you recently looked it up? Well, both. It's an NBC show, first of all. Okay. So it was on Thursdays. Ah, you're right. That's, see, that's this when is, this comedy is, was on it. That's uh, true. NBC. See, this is almost process of el- el- yeah, elimination. Yeah, basically that's though. how I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Every every NBC comedy at the time, every NBC, actually, Seinfeld, Friends, all of them were on I'm not Thursday entirely nights. sure it's, it was on Thursdays, but I'm just assuming because I know it was on NBC. Well, NBC that was there Thursday night, even until maybe even now uh, mm-hmm. is there because the office no, was I on know. there. I just can't. I, you know, for all I know, Third Rock might have been on a Wednesday. I don't know. I'm just That's saying true. because it's a comedy on NBC, I assume it's on Thursdays. That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to cover my ass. You know, we have a lot of listeners who like threaten to sue us it's when we constant. say things that are slightly incorrect. Constant. So like, we just have to keep everything above board here. We do. We have to keep everything absolutely. So I can't guarantee it in a court of law, but I would believe it's on Thursday. It was on Thursdays and on NBC. Well, if anybody remembers who's listening. Just text Anne because you have like 90% have of her phone number now. a lot of my phone numbers so much so that I can't give out any more numbers because they'll just give them all away. Uh, but you can like and subscribe, leave a review with the third rock from the sun yeah. time and day. Yeah. Um, don't, don't say anything about the show. Just, just to say when third rock from the sun came yeah. on and which network. Yes. Um, yes, please. Thank you. But yeah, you just had to do it, and it was hard for me to to catch things at the time, and it was it was sort of a slow build that I got into wrestling because I would just like mm-hmm. see it, uh, and then like watch it when I would catch it, and then forget, and then but then I started to like get really into it, and then I was like, oh, I think it's on this day, and then I started remembering, and I think I got it wrong at one point. I was like, I think it was on Tuesday, and then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was great, and then it became uh, my favorite thing. Um, but that was after the 1997 Survivor Series. And part of the reason why I was 
only getting into it when I was getting into it, like heavy, was because of the 1997 Survivor Series. Was because... So the thing is, some of the background, the quick background, there's probably other podcasts that have been done about this that are better researched and aren't just off of somebody's memory. John, stop your your brain. Your memory is probably just as good as anyone else's research. For, uh, fair. <laughs> um, that's fair. So anyway, it's Brett the Hitman Hart was a perennial WWF guy. He was a big star for them, had been the biggest star for them for a number of years following the Hulk Hogan era. Uh, and had been their like their main guy, right? <laughs> Shawn Michaels was coming up. He had previously been the world champion, but he'd had a period of he was kind of a problem backstage. He was difficult to deal with, uh, and he had a point where he was the world champion, but gave up the world title because he had quote lost his smile. That's what he said. Mm. Um, and I think he was. I don't, I, I don't know. There were the rumor was that he was having an issue with bret hart because bret hart didn't like him uh and bret hart had lost the world title to Shawn michaels at wrestlemania 12 in 1996 in the 60-minute iron man match and the thing is that the rumor is that bret hart maybe this isn't even a rumor this might be something that's documented somewhere but Shawn michaels is supposed to then they were supposed to like have a rematch at wrestlemania 13 in 1997 mm-hmm. Shawn michaels was supposed to lose that match so people were saying that he relinquished the title before that so that he could avoid having to lose and look bad or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that's like that's what it was. Because he did give up the title weirdly, and maybe it was an injury. He said it was like, I don't know. But anyway, they weren't on the best of terms. Bret Hart had been the main guy. Shawn Michaels was a main guy. And Bret Hart... At that point, because a lot of people in the mid-90s, especially around like 1995, 96, were jumping from WWF to WCW. WCW had a ton of money because they were Ted Turner owned. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, they had, they would just throw money at people. They were the first company that was starting to do like guaranteed money. So for WWF wrestling in general, you didn't get paid like guaranteed. Mm-hmm. What you got was usually most people didn't have any sort of a downside guarantee usually what it was was just that the contract is you get so much of the door or whatever it's so mm-hmm. much of merchandise sales so if the house was low you didn't get paid a lot if the mm-hmm. house was big and you had big crowds you'd get paid more uh wcw because they had a ton of money and eric bischoff was in charge of it and was trying to just like kill wwf and take their stars uh, they were able to give like millions of dollars and they were able to give like, you have like a $2 million contract. Like you mm-hmm. get $2 million no matter what. And then you get so much based on pay-per-view numbers and merchandise sales and all this crap. And so they would do, um, they would do, they were taking people like poaching people essentially. And so Bret Hart was a big name for WWF and they wanted to keep him. And so Vince McMahon had him sign this. I think it was a 20 year contract. Wow. Which is funny that it just would have ended um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So he was he signed a twenty year contract in nineteen ninety seven, and it was to wrestle, but then also to transition into like a backstage role, doing other stuff after he was done wrestling. And he was going to do it; uh, everything was good. But then I forget what it was that broke down. He was having a lot of trouble with them. I think. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. So WWF was. Vince McMahon was in kind of dire straits at this point. They were actually mm-hmm. very close to like closing down. And so Vince McMahon like uh, rescinded the 20 year contract, I believe. 
Mm-hmm. And Bret Hart, I think, was like upset. There was like, I think it was done in like not a super respectful way, though I understand that it was like desperate times. Um, and so Bret, there's actually a full documentary about this called Wrestling with Shadows. Mm. Um, and it follows Bret Hart around in this whole thing because it was like he was leaving. So he decides to leave and go to WCW because he was offered way more money to go there. Mm-hmm. And it almost like didn't make sense for him to stay with WWF. And he was kind of upset with this and he'd been having problems there and he really didn't like Shawn Michaels and like it just wasn't he wasn't happy there and his whole family was going to leave unfortunately Owen Hart was not able to leave because of his contract status he wasn't able to get out of his contract but Bret Hart left with other members of his family um to go to WCW so the problem is he's going there's already some animosity he's the world champion in WWF Uh, prior to this, this uh, wrestler named Alundra Blaze was the WWF Women's Champion. She left. She was one of the people that got poached to go to WCW. She takes. She was the WWF Women's Champion at the time because they were. Mm-hmm. It's not like it is now. They were like things were people were able to get out of contracts more easily. They didn't have non compete clauses, so she was able to just go from WWF right to WCW as the Women's Champion and famously threw the WWF Women's Championship belt in the trash live on WCW Monday Nitro. Oh, I think so, I remember that from the documentary I watched. Yeah. So yeah. Vince McMahon obviously was not happy about that mm-hmm. and was terrified that if Bret Hart, even though Bret Hart was like, I won't. So he was terrified Bret Hart was going to do that. Thing is, Survivor Series 1997 was in Montreal, mm-hmm. Canada, okay? Bret Hart was huge in canada his whole character was that he was a baby face a good guy in canada and a heel bad guy in the u.s mm-hmm. and he would cut these like pro canadian promos and it was crazy he would do these amazing heroic reactions in canada boot out of the building in the u.s he did not want to lose the title in canada because mm-hmm. it was too important to him to leave canada with the title he said that he would drop the title after the show he said he would vacate the title. He just didn't want to lose it in Canada, mm-hmm. um, which you could be on either side of that. I love Bret Hart. I can understand why he would want to do that. I can also understand why it's kind of shitty for him to to do that, why it's mm-hmm. like you're leaving. You really got to just lose, you mm-hmm. know, and especially the pro- I think the main problem is, and I think this is fairly documented, is that Shawn Michaels was the guy if it had been somebody else. Like he was good friends with like Stone Cold Steve Austin and he really helped like make Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I think he would have maybe been more likely to be willing to lose it. And I don't think, I think the Shawn Michaels aspect of it made it, made him more difficult to work with than that. But I can understand why he wouldn't want to lose it there. And he's been there with them for so long that even if he is being a little bit difficult, he's shown nothing but loyalty to them. And he, like if he was saying that he would give up the belt and he was not going to, he was swearing, I'm not going to take it to WCW. I'm not going to throw it on the trip. I'm not going to do anything like that, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you the belt after the show and that'll be the end of it. Um, there's no reason to not trust him that he would do that, you know, and you could mm-hmm. take the belt from him afterwards, you know? Yeah. Like there's more of you than him. <laughs> you <laughs> can take it back. Uh, but he, Vince McMahon, paranoid that he was, at the time, and I can understand probably why he was this paranoid, didn't trust that. So what he did was he said they had a they had a finish to that match, and they were like, I think Shawn Michaels is going to get him in the sharpshooter, which was Bret Hart's finish submission finisher. 
Bret Hart was going to reverse it. I think he was going to get him the sharpshooter or something, and then they were going. They had a, they had a finished plan where Bret Hart was going to win and retain. Mm-hmm. The referee was Earl Hebner, who was like a classic WWF referee, very trusted by the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Bret Hart was like, "It's Earl. I can trust Earl. He's not going to like because he was like they they said what this is going to happen, but I he was he had his eye out for any like shadiness." And sure enough, Shawn Michaels puts Bret Hart in the sharpshooter. Uh, Vince McMahon is out there. Signals to Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner calls for the bell. Tell says that Bret Hart has submitted and that Shawn Michaels has won the title and is the new champion. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels grabs the belt, hauls ass. Bret Hart, it's also very funny because Bret Hart immediately, as soon as he calls for the bell, Bret Hart's in this submission hold that for years and even still, people are like, ah, oh, you can't get out of it. He's in agony. Just mm-hmm. immediately grabs Shawn Michaels' foot and like pulls it back and breaks the hold. Like, with, <laughs> like it's nothing. Um, Bret Hart also is a very accomplished uh, amateur wrestler. Um, and so he's very good at, at wrestling and he would know how to get out of most things. And so Bret Hart is pissed because they've lied to him yeah and they have now gone uh and screwed him that's why this is called the montreal screw job so he (laughs) has yes see i thought it'd be a lot sexier than that well it's two young virile men sweaty and with long hair batting at each other's bodies we have different definitions of screw job buddy yeah so we have the same definition of virile Oh, we'll see, I guess. So, Bret Hart uh, is now mad, yelling at Vince McMahon, who's out there. Vince McMahon not having ever revealed himself as anything but a commentator for WWF. He's not... People don't know generally that he is the owner of the company, because there was much more of a mask over what was going on backstage. Oh, wow. So, people did not know, and there was not really, like, the internet. People didn't know that he was the owner. Um and so Bret Hart famously spits in Vince McMahon's face and then does WCW in the air, like on the, you know, he mm-hmm. just like writes it with his hand. Yeah. Um, and he just like wrecks, like straight up destroys shit at ringside. Wow. Because um, they lied to him in Canada. He's very upset. I think there are some people on both sides of the fence. Mick Foley in his book was talking about how people were like really pissed at Vince McMahon mm-hmm. because even if you think that Bret was like wrong or whatever, he still lied to him. Yeah. And he broke the trust. Yeah. It was and a dirty trick. It was a dirty trick. And he was in. It was a screw job, and if he, you will. And he was, you know, he was the one in power. So mm-hmm. now it makes everybody think, like, can we trust you? Like, what, you know. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, And so Bret Hart leaves. And they actually also famously, he went to Sean backstage. Sean claimed at the time he had no knowledge of it. He was trying to apologize to Brett. He's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Years later, Shawn Michaels admitted that he fully was aware of what was going to happen. Well, he had to be because yeah. especially Shawn... he ran away with it. Yeah. And Shawn is a through and through WWE guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has since maintained that he would do it again because he felt that Bret Hart was being disrespectful and that he would they actually had a moment wow. years later where they had a little thing in the ring and Bret Hart wanted to bury the hatchet and Shawn was like, I will do this. I still would do the same thing, but I do feel that we shouldn't have this hanging over our heads anymore. And, uh, you know, I feel bad a little bit. So 
That's um, nice. Yeah, so that everybody's so, friends now. Yeah. But at the time, Bret Hart, and I think you've heard this story because it was in like a, he did like a Sports Illustrated interview or something. I think you told me about um, where Bret Hart was like trying to stay away from Vince McMahon because he didn't want to get into a fight with him. He told, he was like, Vince was trying to like smooth things over somehow. And Brett, and Brett was like, he was in the locker room and Brett was getting dressed. Like, and he was like, I'm going to go shower. If you're still here when I get out, I'm like, or whatever. I'm going to, Oh, he came out of the shower and Vince was there. He's like, I like, I want to smooth this over. Let's talk. And Brett was like, if you're like, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, I just want to mm-hmm. punch you. And he was like, I'm going to get dressed right now. If you're still here by the time I'm done getting dressed, I'm going to hit you. And Vince would not leave because he also, Vince did not want to look, you know, um, scared in front of yeah. everybody else. This is a big power play that he did and he needed to be, he, yeah. needed to, he, he felt that he needed to commit to this thing where he was like the boss. And so Bret Hart, the, the interview was very funny because he was just like, I put on, I tied my shoes like so slowly. I made sure I put on my socks so slow because like I really did not want to do this, but I was so mad. And he was like, I finished tying my shoe, like my last shoe that I was putting on. And it was just like, and he was still there. And he was like, well, fucking great. And he was, but he was still mad at him. And he was like, I thought we were going to have this like pull apart little fight thing. Mm-hmm. And what happened was they, and he was like, I, you know, I thought we would like each get a, a hit off and like, and I think Vince was banking on this is what he was thinking is that Vince th- assumed they would just have like a little pull apart fight and he could look like, oh, you know, the victor, it's sort of like, you know, he didn't start it, but he mm-hmm. but he stood up to him or whatever. And Brett was like, I threw an uppercut and I thought it was just going to graze like his nose or something like graze mm-hmm. something and not really hit him. And he was like, it was the most perfect uppercut. <laughs> Caught him right in the chin Ooh. and like knocked him out basically. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and then he left. Um, and that was Survivor Series 97. And then Bret Hart went to WCW career did not go super well which again was because of a lot of the same problems that wwe currently has no creative direction no real vision Mm -hmm. just kind of a mess uh which wwe would never (laughs) admit to now um but even more so because it like that they there was truly no structure to wcw at the time and they didn't bring bret hart in what you want to do is bring bret hart in off of that and push him and like make him the big hero and like right the wrongs that wwf did Mm -hmm. right and instead, they just, like, didn't really know what to do with them. And they just kind of, like, didn't care. And he made a bunch of money, but he didn't do a lot of stuff until th- two years later. He got kicked in the head by Goldberg wrong and oh, no. got a really bad concussion and had to retire. And oh. then, like, two or three years after that, he was... Because they were, like... <clears throat> it's not that he wasn't able-bodied enough to wrestle. It's just that if he, like, took a bad bump or hit his head the wrong way, he could have a stroke. And then oh, he was yeah. riding his bike a couple of years later, hit like a rock or something, fell off his bike and then hit his head and <laughs> had a stroke. Uh, he's oh, okay no. now. He's like fully oh, good. normal now, but he can't wrestle anymore. Um, mm-hmm. He's also like 60 at this point. Uh, but he did the whole thing and, and that happened. But in WWF, Vince McMahon, now outed as the owner, slowly over the next few months, started to lean into this like he was the owner and... And um, started to turn it into this Mr. McMahon character, mm-hmm. which was like a huge part of um, WWF's Attitude Era. And Bret Hart had also 
Stone Cold Steve Austin did a lot. You know, I mean, his character was great, and he was getting over on his own. But Bret Hart was the like the biggest guy, and he worked really hard with Steve Austin to make Steve Austin a star. And they mm-hmm. had a bunch of classic matches, and one of their matches in particular, WrestleMania 13, where Steve Austin passed out in the sharpshooter while he was bleeding. Steve Austin, uh, that was like a crowning moment for him. Um, and so Bret Hart really like kind of made Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. And then also at Survivor Series, Bret Hart was the introduction there for the Mr. McMahon character. And that's Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon thing, because Austin was like yeah. the the beer-swilling you know, every man blue uh-huh. collar guy versus the corporate boss uh-huh. and Vince McMahon. Now that character had been established as like, if you don't play ball, he's going to take the ball and yeah. he's going to take it and make the champion that he wants to make. And so Vince McMahon, now he had this character uh-huh. and he dialed it up and now he had Steve Austin, the perfect foil for this character. And this was like, there was a lot of crazy shit going on in the attitude era, the rock, like DX, all this stuff was huge mankind, but Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon was like the main thing. Uh-huh. And this Bret Hart had a huge hand in creating all that. Uh, so he was like very much the reason why WWF took off and then oh, wow. re- like put WCW out of business in a weird way. through Not like intentionally, but it just was that. And it's not that Bret Hart wasn't a draw in WCW. Bret Hart would have been a draw and sure yeah. was, but he just... They had, there was no direction. It doesn't matter what you put on TV, as we see with WWE's current product. It doesn't really matter what you put on TV if it's like, if there's no point to it, people are just going to stop watching eventually. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The, it doesn't matter like the characters really. I love mm-hmm. Big E, but if there's like no point to the story that he's doing, it's going to be hard to, for me to get invested. Although Big right. E has been doing well, and I think um, yeah. he's got a he's got a solid feud with Seth Rollins right now. But still, yeah. Um, that's but, really yeah. interesting. I did not know. How much that all related to each other. Yeah, it's crazy. I was just thinking about that today. How it was like, oh yeah, Bret Hart kind of created the attitude. I mean, the attitude era had already been like by 97, especially late 97. And it was already like gestating and it was mm-hmm. about to like, and even that was kind of part of it already. But that was, because uh, that was like their most profitable biggest period by far. That was when they were the most mainstream. They're making the most money. Yeah. Like, That's when they invented the suck it thing that, that all is. boys everywhere did when we were in middle school. That's what Shawn put Michaels. Your, you put your arms over your groin in an X and go suck it. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to be more vulgar, you don't even do the X. You just point to your dick. Oh, yeah. You just gesture at your suck penis. It. Suck it. Gesture. Gesture. At your penis. Gesture at your penis. Um, And that was, uh, yeah, that was Shawn Michaels. That was his group with Triple H, DX, D-Generation Yeah. X. See, I watched some kind of documentary on that little group. Um, it's probably that WWE, like the Monday Night War one. Or it was whatever. the Monday Night Wars. That's what I was watching, and it was interesting. Um, you know, I had something to talk about. Well, not really, but I just wanted to know if you'd seen that rap video that The Rock did. No. The Rock has done a rap. Rap rock? I thought that was it's like rap Limp Bizkit. He's just, he did a rap. Is it good? No. I didn't think so. I mean, you I know. I mean, it's, it's probably not. It's got Super Bowl shuffle vibes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, it just depends on if that was the intention or did he think he was like, this is my rap and I'm going to fucking kill it. it or is he like, I'm doing a rap. That, you know, it's too, it's too intense to be a joke. Oh, no. It's too close to call. 
no it's it's no oh, and, and no, he doesn't seem to be present like when he's it's presented genuine on instagram it didn't seem to be a a, oh, no. a winky Rocky. thing Dwayne. yeah i mean i thought he was going to be the president and here he is doing rap videos but i mean i guess that doesn't stop you from being president no, literally, if, we've learned literally nothing. Nothing can except stop you being from being president. A woman yeah, can stop being, you from being president. Being a woman uh, and being like reasonable, I think. Yeah, those usually will will stop you from being, being president. a woman or a person who wants uh, universal health care. Oh, that'll definitely stop, stop you from being. Yeah, president. that'll one hundred percent stop you dead in your tracks uh, uh, from being president. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to make you aware of the rocks rap. Oh no, Dwayne. He's uh, okay. He's he can't got be more good at everything. And there's us. some things you gotta suck at. It's fine. Everybody's yeah, gotta be bad at something. It's okay. You know what? He, he he's he, very good at lifting weights. He's one of the best. And he's a good actor. He is a good actor. He he really um he was always one of the best talkers. So you knew mm-hmm. he had the acting you know, he had the chops. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, he has good eyebrows. He's great. One of them mm-hmm. in particular is 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 big. You he know. seems kind. He does seem like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. These are all the things we like about The Rock. He was a he was an okay wrestler. He was very good. He was very entertaining, and he could do a lot of good character stuff. He wasn't maybe the best like technician, but he was he was good. What does that mean? You're you're questioning his fundamentals. Kind of. Well, he just. It you don't it doesn't really matter. You don't have to use energetic and athletic, and uh, he could keep up with like because there are some people that aren't super great at the fundamentals or technical or whatever, but and they can't like keep up with people. But he could have fun matches with whoever he was in there with, even if he was doing a very simple style. I see, I see. Um, and he uh, he was he seemed it seems like he has a pretty simple straightforward thing. Yeah, it was a lot of punches like, and he just wore those like black spandex shorts, right? He mm-hmm. never had any like big elaborate costume. Not really. And he's literally his li- name is literally just The Rock. Yeah, well he was Rocky Maivia. Oh, I which see. was his grandfather's name. Uh his father that was his mother's father and then his father was Rocky Johnson. Mm. Uh and he they went by when they when he started wrestling his grandfather's name was high chief peter maivia uh and we started wrestling they combined those names for him and they made him rocky maivia mm. uh and they were like he's a third generation superstar and he was like the first quote-unquote third generation wwf wrestler and he was uh he had like little curly hair mm. kind of a thing going on and he, he did have sort of a silly not really a silly outfit but he had a little more colorful outfit than what he had and he was like a happy guy you know smiling and people hated him he was the intercontinental <laughs> champion like immediately and it was just this thing everybody it was just one of those things where they pushed him really hard really fast without like really a character mm-hmm. and he didn't really have a lot of personality yet because nobody knew who he was um and people would literally chant die rocky die oh my god uh and then he turned uh, heel and joined the nation of domination later it became the nation and he started going by the rock and then he started doing the promos and talking in third person and like being mean to people mm-hmm. and then he started and then did people, he start cooking at this time that is when people started to smell what he was cooking oh ho, ho. i mean i that actually really I'd, i'm remembering how much of wrestling was just catchphrases and how comforting it was i do love can you smell what the rock is cooking that's my favorite catchphrase yeah yeah it was because I, mean, I like that it has a it's a call and response, mm-hmm. but there's not 
uh, there's not more. It's one sentence. You know? Oh, yeah. Can you smell? And then what the rock is cooking. He it's would do like, that. Yeah, he would do it like really, truly a master of being able to like lead a crowd. Yeah. Because people would just, I think he picked it up from Michael Jackson, honestly, because if you watch the Michael Jackson Super Bowl thing, mm-hmm. he just, people are losing their minds before he even shows up. He pops up out of the stage. Yes, it's my stands favorite Super Bowl performance. Super still, does not move. And people yeah. are just losing their minds. He's just standing like there still. For like a full minute. For like a full minute. People are losing their minds the whole time. Then he just turns his head mm-hmm. a little bit really quick. And people lose it even more. They go, yeah. oh my God, he moved. Uh, <laughs> and that's and I was watching that. I was like, that's The Rock. That's what The yeah. Rock would do. And I'm sure he picked yeah. it up from that. Because The Rock was like a kid when Michael Jackson was big. And like yeah. I'm sure The Rock would like... I mean that like, Michael sure Jackson performance. That Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson as an artist, but especially that performance, I think informed a lot of modern pop stars. Oh yeah, like Beyonce, for instance, heavily influenced by Michael Jackson in her performances. Oh really? Yes, heavily so. You could see like sometimes she wears like um, kind of military esque garb. That's like very, Sergeant Michael Jackson. That's well, it's very reminiscent to me of like those jackets with the the. Oh, he used to have like bandoliers. Used, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the stuff that he used to wear that was like mm-hmm. kind of military esque. Janet Jackson had like a military era too, where she That's Rhythm true. Nation when they all wore. Yeah, well, when they Janet Jackson really, was in the Nation of Domination. Yeah, well, she was in the Rhythm Nation, as we are all a part the of rhythm the Rhythm Nation of Domination. Like, we are all a part of the Rhythm Nation. Um, it's funny that Janet Jackson and The Rock were both part of groups called the Nation. The Rhythm Nation. Yeah. Anyway. Anywhere. I was really just waiting to make that can you smell what the rock is cooking joke. Well, it was him cooking. So a chili tonight. Yeah. Uh he yeah, but he would like say it and then like wait a minute sometimes to say is cooking. And it just oh is God. so <laughs> really is, you know, I mean it's just I that kind that of talent. The rock had such an effect on you. <laughs> I was a stone cold guy, so I didn't like The Rock for a long time. I didn't appreciate him for a long time because I was he was feuding with Steve Austin a lot, and oh yeah, so I just I was a stone cold guy at the time. But then he feuded with John Cena. Yeah, and then people. Um, that was like uh, that. That was a big uh, one that I saw. I that remember. was a big deal. That was that was it the was thing John that, Cena versus The Rock, and it was in Miami. I think they did. Something. They had their first match in Miami. And it was a big deal for The Rock to come back for that. Yeah. And I think it was good it was that he did huge. come back. And it was weird, though, that he beat him. But then, but I kind of think he needed to, because otherwise it was like, what was the, I don't know. It was it was a weird decision. But then I was actually at the next one that they did. Mm. The, the next WrestleMania was a rematch where The Rock was a champion and Cena was challenging him. And it was truly the most obvious thing in the world that John Cena was there to get his revenge and beat The Rock and take the title because The Rock was clearly not going to stick around afterwards mm-hmm. and Cena was and so they had a good match I thought I think some people said it seemed like they were just trying to do a lot of finishers and I don't know I mean it was very entertaining and I thought they did a good job or at least the best that they could but I was very mad that that was the main event because it was just like I mean this match happened last year it's very obvious that Cena is going to win mm-hmm. and it's Wrestlemania so you want like something fresh but it was the biggest match they could possibly do that whole Wrestlemania was also like other than Undertaker versus CM Punk, which was a phenomenal match and one of my favorite matches I've ever seen live and was great. 
The rest of the card was fairly underwhelming, and I think it was purposely designed to like be uneventful, other than John Cena beating The Rock, which was a very WWE thing to do, that they would often tank the whole show mm-hmm. just to like make John Cena stand out, or yeah. the whole roster. I, yeah. So a little I conspiracy imagine, theory-ish, but I think it's true. Well, I also imagine when you book John Cena to fight The Rock, you know that most people are tuning in to just see John Cena and The Rock. Yeah, they're they don't care kids. about... anything else but the thing is that when you get people the whole point in using somebody like the rock who's not there a lot as a draw is to get people to watch the show Mm -hmm. and then see other things that they like and then that way you're like oh well cm punk is gonna be here next raw and the rock is not it's like we need people to like be excited about seeing daniel bryan you know Mm -hmm. uh so that they'll continue to tune in like yeah. You don't just if you yeah, you know, if you have No, a, I get you. So it's marketing. What marketing. a concept. Yeah. And they were just fairly bad at it. Um but it was still a fun show. The next WrestleMania I went to in the same venue was much better, I thought, or a much better overall show, even though it was too How long. many WrestleManias have you been to? Two. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say so many more. <laughs> nope. I've been to two. They're not. I wasn't trying to go for a long time. I just, I was just, I was bracing for it. For what? Like, I was bracing for you to say like to like have to count and like have a big number and it, and you being like really embarrassed about it or something. No. And then you're just like two. WrestleManias are hard to go to. They travel. That's true. I've been to it. If you true. want to ask me how many live wrestling shows I've been to, then I would have no idea. I don't. I can't. Remember. Oh yeah, I've been no. to a, a lot. Sure. That's why that's why I'm surprised also that you've only been to two WrestleManias. It's a very specific one. I've been to two WrestleMania. If we're talking so the big four WWE pay per views as they refer to them, because they used to be the only mm-hmm. ones for a long time. Uh Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Been to one Royal Rumble in two thousand eight mm-hmm. at Madison Square Garden. Very fun show. I was at uh two WrestleManias, twenty nine in two thousand thirteen and thirty five in two thousand nineteen, both at MetLife Stadium in Jersey. Uh, even though the advertising is all New York City because they mm-hmm. it's the biggest stadium that you can get into near New yes. York City. Um, four Summer Slams because they did it at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn four years in a row. So I just went to all of them. Oh yes, uh, 2015 to 18, and then uh, I'm this will be my first Survivor Series. I'm going to Survivor Series on Sunday, uh, the 19th or whatever it is. I think or the of this 20th, month. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, or the twenty first, I think maybe. maybe the yeah, I'm going to Survivor Series at Madison Square Garden, or That's not awesome. Madison, sorry, at Barclays Center. The That's pre- awesome. Yeah, I wanted to go. The last time they did Survivor Series here, this was that was the only big four quote unquote pay per view I hadn't been mm-hmm. to. The last one they did was two thousand. So the last one they did in New York was two thousand eleven, ten years ago at uh, Madison Square Garden. The main event was The Rock and John Cena versus. Our Truth and the Miz. Wow. Yeah. And I missed it and I was like, oh, I really wanted to see that show live. But I was actually uh, teching a show at UCB because Mick Foley was in town. Oh. Because Mick Foley was going to do, they did a, he was doing like a, he was doing like this stand up story. storytelling. This is a good story, folks. It's, I mean, I guess it's not really, it's kind of cool. It's well, just a fun thing for me. I think it's me. cool. But he, um, Mick Foley was in town to do one of his like stand-up storytelling shows and at ucb they had like a ucbw match in it as well um which was like comedy wrestling which is like a sketch uh and so he they did it right it was like a couple blocks away from madison Square garden where ucb used to be at the time and he he was having that show and i was teching that show and i 
ended up not getting tickets to go to Survivor Series, but I went to a friend's apartment to see it in Manhattan who uh, was involved in the show later that night. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll get to watch the show. Because also this is pre-WWE Network, so it was still like you had to split the pay-per-view with people because it was Mm -hmm. expensive. And I went there to watch the show. And we're there, and a couple people were there, and they're like, "Uh, Mick just texted us and he asked if he can come to where we're watching the show because he wants to like go over like tech cues and stuff for the show tonight um for his stand-up show uh-huh. uh and so we we're like uh yeah and so mick foley came to this apartment and watched the survivor series pay-per-view with us uh and it was great and it was like oh this is way cooler than just like yeah. going to it this is one of your coolest stories right and it was he was a lovely man he is a lovely man one of the one of the best like celebrities I've ever met and one of the mm-hmm. best, certainly one of the best wrestlers I've ever met. Like he's just a Did genuinely he actually, like watch the survivor. Oh yeah. He watched, he was like, he was fully like watching it with us and like giving us like little insidery to, he's like, Oh, this is, this is like, I think somebody was like booing something. He's like, Oh man, that's gotta feel bad. Cause something, cause it's like not, uh, it wasn't like the intention or something. I mean, he had like, he was great and he had little, he was fully invested in watching the show with us he was very easy to talk to and very genuine and very invested in the conversations unless you talk to him about his wrestling career, which oh. a couple of us did a few times. We were like, oh, man, remember when you did this? And then he was like, oh, no. oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, clearly, <laughs> was like. That sounds really you, Chris Farley show. I know, I know. It was like, he was nice, but he just like clearly mm-hmm. did not want to talk about his his career at that point, which is actually great that he didn't, that that's when he would check it out. But if you're talking about anything else, he was very lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And yeah, we just went over it. Like I went over some stuff with him because I had to run the tech cues that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was, it was great. And it was a much more special memory than just going. But now, 10 years later, I get to finally go to a Survivor Series because it's the only one of those four that I have not been Wouldn't to. Wouldn't it be great if you sat down and you're next to McFoley? Yeah, it would be. And I'd be <laughs> like, why are you in these shitty seats? <laughs> oh, I'm just, um, yeah, yeah, it would be in. Yeah. 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 Freaking would be. It'd be great. And he would probably not remember me. I, I just, well, he'd he pretend might, he to. Might. If he you would, said he who would. you were, he'd pretend I, he to. He would remember that, and he would probably be like, oh, yeah, 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 something yeah, like yeah. that, but he wouldn't, like, he'd, remember my yeah, name or whatever. Yeah, he'd fake it. Um, I mean, he might remember my name. I'm not, I, you know, I. there's no reason to think that he wouldn't, but it's just, like, I feel like it would be understandable if he didn't. That's what I meant. Yeah, I think he probably he wouldn't. wouldn't because, but he would pretend to because I've had that happen to yeah. me. I feel like we were even at a party together one time, and this guy came up to me and said hi, and he was a guy who had worked in like an office that I'd worked in like 10 years ago or something, mm-hmm. like just as a day job. And I did not recognize him at all at first. But then as he slowly was like telling me who he was, it like slowly kind of came back to me. Mm-hmm. But there's always that feeling of like, I don't really, really remember you, but I remember that you exist. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like okay, I believe you, but like, I can't really... You know, don't yeah. have any specific memories of you as a person. It probably is like that level. And when I, me. and in situations, because that also happens to me where I'm like, I, oh my God, I don't remember you. It, yeah, but, but you're like, I know you exist, but I don't remember you. Usually I do remember almost everybody because I just have this weird oh, memory. right, you have this weird and memory. I, but I do often pretend not to because it, it sometimes like weirds people out because they're like, how do you remember? Why do you yeah, remember? Like there's you, always like, why do you remember? And I'm like... I, I mean, there's no reason why. I just, I met you and I remember that I met you. It's, I don't, I haven't been, yeah. I swear I haven't been thinking about you. Remember every when day. you, remember when you were like so nervous about having such a good memory that you like forgot my birthday? 
He did, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I asked him when my birthday was, and he said the wrong day. And he claims to this day that that's because of anxiety. It is anxiety because I sometimes, because I, if I remember some random person, I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't, there's no pressure there. But if if I fuck something up about your life, I'm like worried that I'm going to fuck it up. And then my, it makes me fuck it up, the anxiety. Anyway, like and subscribe like if you enjoy. <laughs> I don't want to end it on that note. I remember things. No, you do. It's fine. I'm just, I have to tease you about that forever and ever till you die. I know, which hopefully will be soon. You know, any mistake you make simply becomes fodder for my ceaseless barbs. Yeah. To no end. To no end. There's no end game. This is my, this is what sustains me. This is why I get up in the morning. What is this? Debbie? make w- you miserable. <laughs> what is this? WWE Raw? There's no point? Oh, I guess it's just oh, to, no, I guess it's to make me miserable. Zing, zing, zing. Ew. You got him. Um, but yeah, Survivor Series is. Get your tickets happen. for Survivor Series. Get your series. tickets for Survivor Series. Maybe somebody will get screwed this year. Maybe there'll be another screw job. Although now they don't have any more championship matches every year. It's just the brand warfare. So it's kind of like the matches are usually good on the night, but there's no long, there's no consequences or anything. But uh, maybe somebody will get screwed. You never know. Maybe. It's almost Christmas. Sorry, I just got excited. Shit. For it to be Christmas. Anyway. It's already Christmas if you go into like retail stores or like Rite Aid or whatever. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I feel like we did a good job. We did a good job with our special episode. Our very special episode. I a hope, very special I hope episode. everyone who's still listening to this uh, agrees it was a very special episode and yeah. continues to tolerate us. And continues to like and subscribe. Even if you've already liked and subscribed, continue to do it. Yeah, just like do it over and over again. Yeah. And just make sure you always land on currently liking and subscribing yeah it. like if you turn it on and off yeah make sure you land on on right you're just flickering it a yeah. little bit you don't yeah. want to you don't want to do it and then land on off no. no no don't do that no don't do that that'd be the worst that'd be awful okay all right well all right that was great uh and do you have any reflections on survivor series any reflections on survivor series well you know what we're all in a survivor series aren't we wow. um from the youngest of young to the oldest of old each just marching forth through survival in a series of tests and tribulations from which they must emerge victorious. Uh, thank you to. <laughs> we do a thank you listeners. now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All That's right. it. That's it. Hey, uh, good night and good Survivor Series. <laughs>